Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, buddy. How about you? I'm good, man. And uh, we should probably not waste any time because we got a very busy man with us today. Um, he's a special guest on the show uh, to get us started from down in Bradenton, Florida. He is from the Post-Gazette, the beat writer for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and recently available to run the podcast circuit, Jason Mackey. Uh, Jason, thanks for making the time. I know it's hectic down there. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm glad the leaf blower that is behind me is gone. So that'll make it even easier, and hopefully the <laughs> audio better. But it's been uh, it's been fun getting on the uh, podcast scene, guys. Like uh, you know, uh, obviously people listening to this probably know. Like I'm no longer with the fan, and I, uh, you know I still might hop on there, but just sort of being a little bit more independent. And it's been neat to to be on with people that I read and follow on Twitter that hopefully read and follow me on Twitter. And it's, uh, it's a nice connection. Hey, the more the merrier, man. We, uh, we love the different voices and the different uh, impressions that people get. And speaking of that, my first question for you really is, Hey, it's the first open locker room in a couple of years. And it's nice from my perspective, but we're not going to have like pre-formatted stories, you know, <laughs> people that they give you availability to, you get to, to walk around and, just a little bit of, of what that does for you as a journalist and, and how it changes the game. I've had that conversation with people down here multiple times, one of them being Danny Hart, one of the Pirates Media Relations guys. And Danny was saying that like he reads through the clips and it's so nice to see all these different stories. And and I agree with them. And, you know, you walk into a clubhouse and you get to execute an idea. To me, that is like the fundamental idea of why we do this. Um you know, and, and you get to see different people's interpretation of covering a team or, you know, it adds a different element um, of being aware. You want to try to get a guy or, you know, there's a certain um, it's the word I'm looking for, like, you know, ground rules, run of the house, something like that, where you go into right. a locker room and you're waiting for a guy. You want to talk to him. There's a certain way to do it and you can execute that. And it's so nice to have that dynamic back to covering a team and, you know, Believe me, you guys know, people listening know this, like one-on-one interviews in journalism, especially sports journalism, are gold. You get to ask follow-up questions. You have your own stuff. You get to prod a certain path in a story that you're working on, and you don't have to, like, you know, unmute yourself to ask a follow-up, raise your hand again. Like, you know, I get that Zoom worked for the time, but, man, it's just so nice being back to normal. It really has. It really has to open up just everything to you at this point. Where stories, you know, you go in with a thought, things can go different ways. It opens up uh, different uh, topics to you, and who knows what you're going to run into in the clubhouse, as opposed to like you said, sitting down on a laptop, very sterile. So I'm sure, just from that perspective, it's a real shot in the arm too. You know what? You know what this opens up. Honestly, I was thinking about this the other day. I, like I call them popcorn stories, but it's like a story that doesn't require one lengthy interview with one player. It requires a bunch of short interviews with like, you know, 10 players or something right. like that. Or be like, uh-huh. hey, man, can I, you know, just pop you with one question, uh, get your perspective on this or whatever. And like you just can't do those with Zoom. 
I mean, you can maybe get like 15 minutes with one guy, but I want one minute with 15 guys. And now, so you can do those stories. And I, I really like those stories. I think those, those really enable me for whatever reason, they agree with me. Like, you know, you can be creative and you can have some fun with what your idea is and then go into report it. Yeah, they're fun. Really they're fun. Circle a topic. Like yeah, that. they're fun stories to do. They're fun story. You know, they're fun stories to put together. And from the audience's perspective, I think those are fun stories to to read. So I, I agree with you on that, Jason. Well, I thought we should dig in a little bit on one of your interviews because you know you, you did the uh, the fans justice and asked the question that everybody wants answered um, to Ben Charrington about why Bob Nutting basically signed on to the to the CBA when it clearly doesn't help his team. And, you know, I could get into the answer, but everybody can read the word salad themselves. And I just basically wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of say why you asked the question, because you know you're not going to get an answer here. So, because, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Because if we don't, what are we here for? You right. know what I mean? Like that that's your job. That is my job. That is anybody's job who, you know, has access to these people to ask that question. That's what fans want to know. Um, now, I, I think I tweeted about this. If I didn't, whatever, this is what goes through my head with stuff like that. Do I think Ben Charrington's going to provide some sort of expansive answer? No. I mean, he's certainly put in a tough spot. Um, how I would have probably handled that if I was managing that situation. You can't make Bob available in that specific time, but I would probably distribute like a meaty statement from what, what Bob says, explaining why he did what he did. And then we run with that. We all have to write that. And then it's less relevant to ask Ben, but given Ben was the first representative of the pirates organization to speak on that topic after it happened, like I can't, in good faith, have him in front of me and ask about like, you know, so uh, what about Yoshi at first? Huh? You know, it's just like, <laughs> right. It just feels obtuse. And so uh, that's, that's my thinking. I, I mean, we can get into a larger discussion about like the role of media, but I mean, to me, a big part of our job is to ask the questions that fans want answers to, because that not every fan obviously is allowed in the clubhouse. So like you need to ask these people what fans want to know. And I think that's exactly what I expected you to say and the, the answer that every journalist should have. I think a lot of a lot of fans want you to be an activist almost. They want you to ask that question and then challenge him on it because it's clearly <laughs> right. not the right answer, right? And and I, I just wanted to give you an opportunity, and, and you just did, to, to voice why that's still important to ask, um, whether you thought you were going to get something good out of it or not. So... Um, Thank you I for give, taking the time to do that. Yeah, and I give Jason, and that's the first thing I said on Twitter when I read it. I said, first things first, I give Jason a ton of credit for asking the question. Because, you know, sometimes those things tend to get glossed over from some people, and you know what kind of answer you, you're going to get. And um, But you still, you, like you said, you still have to ask it. Am I a little surprised that Ben maybe didn't have – I know there's not a perfect answer. Am I a little surprised he maybe didn't have a little better answer? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You know what, guys? Like, if, if I was Ben, I think I would have answered it some version of this. Like, look, obviously, this doesn't help us very much, or we, we don't really, you know, it is what it is. We think that Bob um, is still an advocate for small market teams. We believe in the work that he's doing, and we also believe in what we're building. 
You know, we had to win a certain way before the CBA. And yeah, we're probably going to have to figure this out a certain way after the CBA. But we believe we have smart people in place. We believe in the progress we've made. And we're going to continue down that same path like that. You know, you, you pump up what you've got going on. You acknowledge what is true. And you talk about the future. Like those would have been my talk. Right. It's a lot like you come from covering hockey as well. So it's a lot like, you know, your team loses 4-1 and they played their their butts off and the goaltender put in three softies. Yeah. Nope. Not a person in that room is going to say the goaltender was at fault. Right. 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 I mean, or if they do, like it happens, you know, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with admitting something that is true. You know, and that is not a good right. deal for the pirates, for small market teams. Like, it's okay to acknowledge that. Um, yeah, I don't think you're being critical of anybody. Yeah, the, when there's a when there's an elephant in the room, and you know, most everyone can see it. I'm totally in agreement. I'm like, hey, let's just acknowledge it, and then I can tell you what we're doing. That's you know that I think is positive, and that we are doing. You know, to to you know offset that. Yeah, yeah I mean, and speaking I mean, of positive, I'm really enjoying this conversation. So. <laughs> Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll Gary, come back. Gary, you and, and uh, your you and your damn breaks. Okay, let's pay, do it. It's it's what pays the bills, brother. <laughs> let's take a quick one. Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network, uh, joined again by Jason Mackey and good friend Jim Stam. A couple more things we want to touch on with, with you, Jason, before we just let you tell us about some general observations from, from being at spring training. Um, He's got to get I back know, to the beach. I, bring, <laughs> I wish. I'm going to bring up Jim's favorite topic ever Kevin Newman's swing change is in the news again, and we saw this last year. And the big question with Kevin Newman last year was, well, what happened to that swing change once the season started? Is that what we're in for again, or is this different? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I would I would say, guys, that we're going to have to wait even till spring training results, but I'm not sure that would lead us anywhere. Um, you know, he hit 606 last spring. I'm, right. If he hit 800, I'm not sure I would completely uh, buy into it. Can you hear the leaf blower behind I me? I totally or? can hear it. You could totally hear it. <laughs> That's okay, but I can hear it, yeah. I, there's a man walking with a leaf blower blowing completely clean cement. It's, a, it's an interesting <laughs> strategy. Um, it's Florida, Jason. Weird things happen. <laughs> so amid the leaf blowing um as far as kevin newman's swing changes i mean it looks quite a bit different to me um i think it needed to change i think one of the big things with kevin newman's swing last year like it was far too big long um you know we saw adam frazier and i tweeted something out to this effect make similar changes before 2021 he's shorter more compact quicker to the ball um, sort of protected against himself a little bit more, um, realized a little bit who he was as a hitter, and it really worked out for him. If Kevin Newman is able to do that, uh, that's that's terrific. I mean, I don't expect him to hit 324. I'd probably be happy if he hit, you know, 250, 260, something like that, given his glove. Um, but 
you know, you do get the sense being around here, guys, that the Pirates are going to play Kevin Newman quite a bit, um, unless a trade offer comes along, unless somebody needs a shortstop. But as long as he's in the lineup, they need to get something from him offensively. Right. And I mean, I, I think the similarities I saw to last year's swing change, obviously it's a different hitting coach, but it was standing up straight and keeping the hands down low. I'm seeing the same thing this year. That's It, it seems like the, the, the issue with him has been diagnosed. It worked last year in spring. I'd like to see him stick with it this time. I felt like he abandoned it as soon as the season started. And maybe that's not fair, but... I watch him just as closely as anybody. <laughs> it really drove me nuts because I felt like he just gave up on everything they worked on. I think, I think what ends up happening too is like, um, let's face it, Kevin Newman's at a bit of a crossroads here now. You know, he he's got to start hitting again somewhat, or um, you know, he's going to be in trouble. So he's got to start hitting. And Alex, uh, when we had Alex Stumpf on here, he brought up this point, and it's so true. And this goes, this goes for baseball players, football players, whatever. You work on things, trying to change things up, maybe try a new technique, approach, whatever you're doing. It's can you stick with it? Can you stick with it when maybe it's not going well? Do you want to revert back to what you did before because that got you to this point? And that's the battle that takes place inside an athlete's mind and especially, especially a hitter's. Can you stick it out? Can you weather that storm and see if it fully, fully takes? Yeah, and baseball is like that times a billion, right? Yep. I mean, you're talking about a 16-game schedule, 17 now in the NFL. You know, baseball, you're going to have rough patches. You're going to have periods where you stink. And how do you get through that? And, you know, I think Newman, we all got guilty of just just thinking that, like, this was going to be the year. He's going to hit 300. He's the exact version that he was in 2019. And then the minute there's sort of turbulence or whatever, that that's what happened that you guys are talking about. And I, I would hope to think that there's something to be learned from that that if the same thing happens this year, he sticks with it a little bit longer. I don't mean to be crass, but I mean, can it get any worse? Honestly, like if he struggles, yeah. he struggled before. So at this he, point, shouldn't he just hunker down and well, we'll, we'll come out of it. And maybe he learned something. I don't know. Yeah. He simply can't afford a repeat offensively of last year. He simply cannot. So um, I, my hope is he would just say, Hey, I'm going to stick with it this time good, bad, whatever. Let's just see what happens. What do I have to lose? You know? Right. Right. I, I will say this though, guys, I mean, maybe you have a different opinion on it. Like, I mean, yes, it's a, it's a pivotal season for him, no doubt, but I mean, what are you going to, you're going to play him, right? You're not going to oh, sit yeah. the guy making two million yes. bucks. I he mean, starts, he starts just because, you know, it, it's ridiculous to think they're going to bring O'Neill Cruz up to start. Right. I mean, it's a pipe dream. I want to see it. You want to see it. It would be wildly sure. entertaining, but I don't think it's possible. Um, I, I guess it's a sort of crossroads year for him in that, like, he obviously becomes trade bait, right? If he if he hits and his, if his defense continues, Clearly, like he's yeah. easy to move. Um, but I do think that somebody like Kevin Newman can have a long, productive career in, in, in Major League Baseball. Like, he's a defense-first shortstop, can run a little bit, and, and a shorthanded glove man up the middle. 
there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, I, 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 I like to say to people that, that feel he should be just cut. He's a positive war player for his career. <laughs> right. and, and there aren't a lot of those on this team right now. So well, you maybe, put, maybe relax. Yeah. And, I mean, look, <laughs> you put, you put Kevin Newman on a good hitting team and a contending team. They probably really don't care how much he hits. And if he hits, it's a bonus. And, um, you know, so there'll always be a place for a guy like that. But as far as being, you know, um, anybody that's going to, he, he just needs to figure a few things out. Like you said, it can't get any worse than it did. It was for him last year at the plate. Right. So I want to move on because I don't want to spend the whole time talking about Kevin Newman, although it's, he's one of the most interesting characters there is right now. Um, Brian Reynolds. I mean, Dayon obviously has reported that, you know, he's not going anywhere. I, I kind of always felt that way. What are you hearing? Anything? I mean, I've never heard that question seriously entertained once. You know, I mean, I've had it put to me that like Ben Sherrington will obviously listen to anything. That's his job. Um, does he have any real intent of trading Brian Reynolds? No, I've never heard that seriously considered once. Um, I'm sure what Dayon reported was in response to what was coming out of Miami. And I didn't understand that any more than he or you guys probably do. Like that, that's never been a, a, a conversation topic um, that they're trying to trade him now. Like, would they like to extend him? Yes, I believe that. Um, have they had cursory conversations? Yes, I believe slash know that. Um, and, you know, do they know what sort of offers are going to be presented to them? No, you can't predict the future. You know, and if somebody comes along with three top 100 prospects, would they trade Brian Reynolds? Yeah, I think they would. Now that offer is probably not coming along, but. Especially I mean, not from the teams being rumored. They don't have them. Right. And, and so to me, it's a whole bunch of like somebody's working somebody. And I don't mean Dan. I mean the stuff. No, like, it's somebody coming like out of me. Miami. It's somebody like me sitting in Miami spreading rumors. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah That's I mean, all it is. You're just doing the math. You're saying, good player, Pirates, we need something. We've got prospects. I'm going to start the conversation. And the next thing you know, you know how it works, but there's right. no real substance to anything. Well, and guys, I mean, it, Jim, I almost said Jim Rutherford. I'll tell you why in a second. But like Ben Charrington, is he just automatically going to hang up the phone? I mean, come on. That's his job. It's his job to listen to that stuff. Of course he's going to entertain it. That doesn't mean he's trying to trade Brian Reynolds. You right. know, that's always been my understanding of Ben's stance on this. It's like, yeah, I'll listen. I'll listen to anybody. Like they really like Brian Reynolds. Again, uh, this I, goes I, back to fan perception. You know, they they want a picture that he's slamming the phone down as soon as the name comes up. Right, and, and that's just idiotic. And right. so the, the 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 Jim thing that I said was from my hockey days, and Jim Rutherford, like Rutherford, used to laugh when all of us would report there being like interest or he had a conversation because. If you all knew how many conversations that I had about players, <laughs> give me a break. And, and he's right. right. I mean, interest. Yeah, come on. And plus, Jim would have told you. So. <laughs> <laughs> he, might, he might have. He might have. It's crazy. And so um, the last thing I wanted to touch on, Jason, is the rotation. Um, I know that we don't know who's going to be in it yet entirely. Although, I mean, I, I have a decent idea. It looks better than last year to me. 
I mean, I, I'm just looking at, at the names and the depth, and it feels a little stronger to me. What's your perception? I won't disagree with you. I won't disagree with you. I mean, you could go uh, Tyler Anderson for Jose Quintana. Okay. I mean, there's a possibility that could be the same person. Um, I think Bryce Wilson could very possibly be an upgrade. I like this version of Mitch Keller over last year's version of Mitch Keller. Um, I, I had a chat with JT Brubaker today, and I like where his head's at. Uh, he threw a live live uh, BP or live session, whatever you want to call it. He looked really good. Um, I mean, I'm not propping this up as like a top 10 rotation in baseball. I don't think you guys right, are right. taking it that no, way. But I, no, no. It don't take I much do. to be better than last year. So <laughs> I, It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, you know, Miguel Yuhure, Rowanzi Contreras, like both of those guys should be ready to contribute right away. I like Dylan Peters. He's got some like sneak, sneaky good stuff, honestly. Um, yeah. And they've got a lot. Like Will Crow is another guy that if he could figure it out and take a step forward, that might be an intriguing piece for them. So, yes, I mean, whether we're talking about the top end and replicating skill sets of last year or having more depth, I like both of those. And hopefully, hopefully someone like JT, because you said you got to talk to him a little bit. I mean, hopefully he's just kind of flushed a lot of last season um, and, 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 and looks to just hit the reset. But did you get that impression from him? Um, Sorry, Jim. Yeah. Honestly, that's a lot of what we talked about. Um, You know, I was just asking him kind of what he took from last year and we talked about giving up the home runs and, making adjustments and, and like the psychological chess match or whatever you want to call it that a pitcher goes through where like, Oh, I have to adjust this or I need to adjust this. And, and, you know, you know, do you need to be, need to make the fix, but like he struggled last year or he, he said he struggled last year, making those adjustments quick enough and realizing what did he, what he needed to change. And sometimes it just, you know, those are why you saw the home run balls. He wasn't able to, you know, fix something and he's competing without his best weapons um, and so uh, add a whole year in, he went through a lot. I think JT will be better for it. If you look at pure stuff, his stuff was really good last year. Now, obviously he made some mistakes and wasn't consistent enough and that's reflected in his numbers, but JT Brubaker absolutely had the stuff. I mean, his execution lacked sometimes it lacked some consistency, but I have no doubt that he's able to pitch at this level. If, you know, he's able to just get a little bit more consistent. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people forget there was more excitement about him than Mitch Keller um, at certain points coming up through the system. So I'm I'm pretty excited about his future as well. Out of those rotation members, though, somebody I think is going to have to go to the bullpen. Who are your top candidates from the rotation mix to make an impact in the bullpen, potentially? I think Dylan Peters could wind up being a long man. Um you know, I would another, agree. Yeah. I, another thing I think, Gary, not to dodge the question, I, w- I promise I'll circle back to it, but like it would not surprise me at all if the Pirates ended up getting a little bit creative this year where you have a guy in the bullpen that you have somebody in the bullpen who's going to throw three or four innings. You know, basically a piggyback situation. Um, they have a lot of guys that they can put out in specific situations that they work. Um, like if you want to keep Rowanzi, like you might want to protect him. I, I don't know that that's what they're going to do with him, but I think it's a, it's a strategy that would make sense for them. Uh, to get back to the original question, like, you know, Will Crow is somebody who I think you can put in the bullpen and maybe take advantage of certain pitches that he has. 
Um, you know, have him throw exclusively breaking stuff or heavy on breaking stuff. I think that might work out well for him. Um, trying to think of other guys in addition to Crow and Peters, but no, those I think would be my top two. It's funny. We're right on the same page. Those are the first two guys that jump up into my mind. And I think Crow, if you could see him kind of, I'd love to see what Crow is like, kind of like max effort for two or three innings rather than watching him struggle to get through. Right five, you know, or just trying to drag him to five innings. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right with you on that one. Yeah, we're kind of saying the same thing, right? Like you could use Crow as that second guy to come in and throw two, three, even four, give him max effort. Same with Dylan Peters. Um, Bryce Wilson would be somebody else that I look at maybe. Zach Thompson uh, was the name that was escaping me. He's kind of done that tweeter, tweener thing in Miami. You know, can you right. give me max yeah. effort for three innings? I want to see what some of those guys could do. Well, Jason, this has been awesome. Really, thank you so much for joining us. And um, you can follow Jason Mackey on Twitter at jmackey, M-A-C-K-E-Y-P-G. And, uh, and he keeps you updated and does a great job over there. So make sure you give him a follow. Jason, thank you so much. Appreciate it, buddy. Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Um, Gary Morgan and Jim with you. We uh, really enjoyed our talk with Jason Mackey. That was a lot of fun. I love getting these guys how, on from spring training, man. It, how, it, how good is that, man? Dude, it's it's the best because, and first of all, like we talked to him about at the beginning, it's great that these guys can actually do their job again because, like, you know, it, it was getting to the point where, like, there was a game and something would happen and you just knew that was what every story was going to be because that was the press availability we were going to get. So you're going to hear that same story from nine different writers and, and and it wasn't going to change. And, and like, yeah, some of them wrote better and there was, you know, a little bit more fun way of going about it or whatever. But yeah, it's nice to, to see them be able to go out and form their own stories and, and make their own path. And I love it. I'm so happy it's back. Yeah. I mean, a, just getting the, the insight from him being down there, be hearing that they've got, you know, their, their, uh, tried and true methods of, of being able to get stories and get information to us. And, uh, I'm just glad that everything seems back on track and it was just cool having him. Totally. So, I figured let's wrap up today's show by talking about another subject that I think we've seen flying around an awful lot recently, and that's the Pirates payroll. Still Mm. super low. You know, we're we're looking at like, I think the last estimate I saw was something like 42 million. We cracked, we cracked 40 in Pittsburgh. So, and it ain't the temperature. No, but. I mean, you might want to crack a 40 and pour it out for, <laughs> for people's mentalities right now. But, I mean, let's talk about it a little bit. Because it's one thing to say, like, you want to see that number something else. But, you know, even Dayon talked about it on his uh, Daily Shot a couple weeks ago. He was saying, you know, um, 
I mean, we're at a piece about it as well. Like, you you got to see this payroll come up. You know, you voted for this, Mr. Nutting. So, like, get us up over $100 million, right? You know? You're saying you can do it. I, I guess what I'm saying is right now, I don't know. I kind of want to see the kids now. Last year, I had a different feeling. Last year, I was like, yeah, spend some money. At least let us have some fun with this team. You know? Yeah. This year, I'm more like, uh, I want to see the kids now. I don't want you to bring in a, a, a pitcher right now. Like, I want to see what we got. I want to see these guys. There's 11 uh-huh. or 12 of them that I think have a, a viable stake at, at being a starting pitcher. So I think I've said pretty consistently, if you're going to bring one in, it better be the nailed on best one. I don't want somebody coming in to compete for the bottom of the rotation. Yeah, I, I I think you know. Look, this is kind of what I think we're known for on the, on this show, is yeah. I do think you can make an argument both ways and and not sound like a crazy person. Um, and yeah, I I tend to agree with you on the pitching. I will say that I do think another bat might have looked nice. Um, oh, yeah. I, I worry about you know. Um, uh, where some of the runs are going to come from, some of the home runs, helping out some of these guys in the lineup, we 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 want to you know develop and have a little protection, things like that. So you you know I I would have preferred spending a little bit maybe in the outfield. Um, you know we both touched on uh, when you see a guy like uh, Eddie Rosario sign for two for eighteen. It's you know, totally boy, mean. you totally yeah, mean. you see that and you go, wow, boy, two for 18. Um, I wonder if he would have considered, you know, two for 21 here. Sure. Um, and you certainly can't sit here and argue that doesn't make the team better. You know? Yeah. It would make the payroll like, what, 49, 50, however you want to count it. But does it measurably make the team better? Eh, might maybe. Maybe it's a few wins here and there. Maybe. Uh, but it's certainly more fun for the fans, and I think at the end of the day, that's kind of what's important there. Uh, to me, though, like catcher, they got well, the most, yeah. Well, no, but catcher, they got the most expensive free agent catcher there was on the market this year. But then they stopped. Well, there aren't any more. I know, but they got to do something, don't they? Sure, and I'm, yeah. I'm wide open to that. Make a trade, yeah. But point is like there's not nobody else in free agency that can go get right they can't throw money at this yeah, that so the, problem so the payroll is doesn't matter you're not going to bring in a middle infielder not with what you got coming and i i just don't see why you would do that right now um third base certainly don't need anybody there first base we've discussed they already you know they spent more money than they typically do on yoshi right yeah and um, boy, isn't that going to be fascinating to watch unfold this year? The first be, base and DH situation. It's going to be interesting. And I, I like the DH because it gives options. I was more excited about the DH because I thought it gave some young kids options to come up and maybe they don't have to have a position path cleared for them to, to come up here and get some at bats. We talked about Michael Chavez being able to really take advantage of that and get some at bats. And, uh, you know, I still think that's plausible. But, I, I mean, could they spend some more money there? Sure. I guess they could have gotten, like, a Nelson Cruz or somebody along those lines, you know, somebody better. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have, like, been upset if they did. 
But again, I think you're talking eight, nine million, and you're still under fifty. It doesn't really matter. They can extend uh, Brian Reynolds. Okay, that's not going to make the payroll go up this year. Not much, you know. They yeah. maybe give him five or six this year as opposed to the four point five he's going to get in arbitration. And, and maybe, maybe that would be an interesting question to ask, just in general, because I didn't think of it as like when people were talking about them spending. I'm I am talking about maybe five to fifteen million dollars. Um, maybe to someone else when they're talking about spending, they're talking thirty forty million, which I just don't know. W- Sure they are. Where that fits sure in right are. now? If you're well, talk, think about it, Jim. If you're talking about it, are you talking about it because you think they're 10 or 15 shy of something that's <laughs> going to make you happy? No, they're looking at these other payrolls. They're looking at Cincinnati spending $140 million and they can do it. Why can't you? That's, that's all it is. So I, I'm saying it's a number. You think it's a magic number? I don't think there's any reason to go out and spend $100 million. You want to see these kids. You can go and get a corner outfielder. I'm completely fine with that. We're on the same page there for sure. What corner outfielder is going to sign here for $15 million on a a one-year contract? None. They're going to want two, three years. What is Ben Charrington not doing? Locking himself in for future years. That's why there's no one signed in 2023. There is always the other side of this is, is like you just mentioned, what what kind of contracts are guys going to want that are worth a damn? And um, do they even want to come here? And, you know, uh, if they've got other options um, where, you know, hey, everyone wants paid, but everyone wants to win, too, for the most part, um, unless, you know, a very rare scenario. So it, it, it's a two-way street. Um and it's not just as simple as saying we want somebody right now. Especially when you don't know where that somebody would play. That's And that's kind of my point. When we talk about like raising the payroll, it it's not just a number you hit just to hit it. You got to know why you're hitting it. You got to have real purpose behind it, especially when you're at this stage of a build. This is the weirdest stage there is. You're right on the cusp. You're right Super on weird. the cusp of these players coming up and starting to impact your team. You're right there. You got four or five outfielders in AAA or AA that should hit this team as early as this year. So while, yes, I can look at this roster and I can go, it's crap. Allen and Alfred have no business being part of this thing. <laughs> I can also understand why you might kind of go, yeah, but I don't really want anybody here to get in the way of those guys. You know, and, and I can I can also say that's foolish. Who would rely on prospects to come up here and, and change things? Well, a team that knows they're not ready to win would. Well, they have to sort through it. I mean – you've got to sort through some of these guys and, and that's what's going to start happening this year as especially as we get into the latter parts of it. Um, then next year, I think next year, if we're having the same conversation, it takes a little bit different tone because we know that not everything's going to work out like they want to. 
Um, so, you know, I, I, I go back to it. I think I would have liked one signing probably, um, but it's not like you can just snap your fingers and make it happen either. So I get, I get that part of it. And fans just look, let's be honest. Pirate fans are just tired of a low payroll when it really comes down to it. Yes. It's, it's definitely rebuild fatigue. Um, and you put it, you put it really <laughs> simply, but perfectly, which was, this is a weird time. <laughs> with with the with the organization and the uh, major league roster also, in here, it's also a time when a lot of teams kind of screw up. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna compare the Pirates to a team like San Diego as far as spending because the sun won't rise on a, on a, on a day when the Pirates are gonna hit 220 on their payroll. It just isn't gonna happen. Um, not not under this system, not with this owner, nope. not in this market. Nope. Um, but they could feasibly spend a decent amount of money to, to push this thing over the edge. What San Diego started doing is they went out and got Hosmer and Machado, and they knew they had players like Tatis coming, and they had you know Will Myers still sitting there, and they had some other pieces and some pitching they thought they could put together. They went and got you Darvish, and they went full-blown spending based on a system they felt was pretty close to contributing. Well, it turns out that system hasn't really contributed as much as they thought it might. So they've had to patch it with some other things. And, and that system was very highly rated, at least as highly rated as the Pirates is. So if you start spending right now prematurely, and you spend it in certain places... You don't have the money here to recoup for a mistake. It's a little so, cart cart before the horse scenario. Let's say you invest heavily in a first baseman. And then this year in AAA, Mason Martin goes ape. And this dude hits 55 home runs. <laughs> he just looks like a world beater. He's figured the K rate out and and Justin's happy. And <laughs> And he comes up and, and, you know, now he doesn't have a place where he can just nail it on play because you just invested heavily in a first baseman you had to get for three, four years, right? Like, there's a reason that people don't do things like that when they get to this stage. It's a weird stage. Next year, this first wave should be, like, inducted or at least, like, really ready to compete in spring. It shouldn't be like a guessing game as to whether some of these guys can make it in spring. If that's the case, yeah, next year is when you invest because you can see the holes more openly. You know right, it become, becomes clear. And I think um, it's funny you mentioned it's weird and it's, it's tenuous. So um, this is starting to kind of be the, the, the time where you really, really start to figure it out but that's going to take a little bit of time to sort. Um, that's why, you know, this season I think is so critical. Um, and there's nothing you can do about it, but just play the 162 games and see where you are at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll put it this way. I think when I look at the roster, at least the 26 man that I assume is going to go North, give or take, I see as many as, 
10 to 12 members of this team not being part of it next year. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of flexibility that you bake in when year to year you have no financial commitment. You know, you have yep. nobody signed for the next year. And you do that when you know radical change is needed. So, like, Yoshi's gone after this year, whether he stinks, kicks butt, or, you know, what, or gets injured. It doesn't matter. Or does a little bit of everything. Year. Yeah, this will be his last year as a pirate, most likely. You know, and, and it's either going to be Mason Martin's job, or they're going to have to go out and find somebody more permanent. Or maybe somebody will get their wish and O'Neill Cruz moves over there. But, <laughs> you know, point is, this is the year where you start answering those questions. You got to find out. You got to find out this year if Rwanzi Contreras is real. Right. If he is, well, you can stop pining after someone else's stud. You've got one. And you've potentially and you get- got one coming. You got to stay lucky with some some health too along this 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 path right now. Right. So um, that's the big and maybe aside from just flat out development is just um, do we have any major setbacks with any guys with the health situation? I mean, aside from money, because you know that's the topic that everyone loves to bring up all the time. What did you think? I mean, we talked to Jason a little bit about Ben Chapman's mm-hmm. comments. What did you think of them? I know how you, how you react to these things a lot, and I typically <laughs> we typically have the same exchange every time. You go, he he could have said that better. I go, yeah. What did you really want him to say? And then you go, yeah, I get that, but I'm tired. Mm-hmm. We have that exchange constantly. We do. So sincerely, what what should he have said? Well, I think um, I'll tell you. I think um, for a guy that is typically really really good at answering things um he sounded maybe slightly caught off guard that he got asked it that was my impression of it because it just wasn't as typically of a sewn up answer as you get from ben sherrington i mean we all know that there's certain amount of lip service going on and and whatever you're talking about right whether it's o'neill cruz playing short or yeah. whatever it's 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 lip he service did, but he it's did a good. couple things like the, the one comment was the the whole like somebody asked him like you know how, how do you justify nutting voting for it that was jason uh-huh. and and great okay he answered it with word salad i kind of wouldn't expect anything less because you know it's basically like somebody comes to you and goes hey you know the ceo of your company is pretty stupid let me uh <laughs> let me get your opinion about <laughs> Well, um, he's right up in the window watching me answer yeah. this, so I'm going to tell you right now that uh, the environment isn't great for – you're not yeah. going to get a straight answer. You're not going to agree or anything. So oh. I get I get the, the word salad part of it. The O'Neill Cruz answer drove me nuts. It was three paragraphs to, that, that could have been summed up in, yes, he, he's in a competition where he can come up. Well, and, and um, to backtrack just a second, because even I'm having trouble remembering, I know that it was a question, was it simply just, hey, what are we doing with O'Neill Cruz? And then it he was, gave the answer. It was, or, do O'Neill Cruz and Rolanzi Contreras have a shot to win a job okay. out of spring? And, 
yes. instead of saying yes, no, maybe so, he basically said, you know, some really, really long, convoluted version of sure, you know, mm-hmm. and all you have to do at that at this stage of spring. I mean, you you haven't even put bat to ball yet in, in anger. It hasn't happened yet. At this point, you can literally just go, yes, everybody that's here. You can go ahead and assume they have a chance to make this club. We all know you're lying. Just, <laughs> that's what you say. That's what you maybe, say. Hey, maybe it's a weird time uh, for him right now, too, to be answering these types of questions more so than ever, uh, you know, year to year as we go through this. Um, so maybe that's why his answers were a little bit off. Um, I tend to agree with Jason in the sense of, I would have loved to have heard something along the lines of, you know, look, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to speak for Bob. All I can tell you is I think everybody's aware of the situation in baseball. We hope it gets better. We're trying to do what we can here, uh, making the effort and sticking to the path that we have. And I know, again, that that's just lip service. But to just say repeatedly that you're glad you're playing 162 games, right, right. I mean, that was just weird, right? right? I mean, it was, it, it was silly. <laughs> yes, it was silly. It was and, weird. And I'll tell you what, too, man. Like, I think, I think the reason people are probably picking apart, it, let's, let's just straight up say it, too. He's way better than Neil Huntington. Because Neil yes. Huntington would have given you some kind of a speech about how smart he was on top of it. There would have been the condescending aspect of it as well. Absolutely. There would have been like, I can't believe you're asking this question. Uh, (laughs) Of course, O'Neill Cruz had a chance to make it. (laughs) Have you watched him swing? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's refreshing in that way that at least he doesn't take that approach. But I think what people expect from Travis Williams and Ben Charrington is their job. Part of their job, at least, is to make Bob change his ways. And so when, when somebody asks you a question like that, and it doesn't appear as though you are standing up for, for the team or standing up to Bob Nutting. I think, or the fans. But, well, but I think the, initial, the, the perception, in, in all sincerity, is, oh, this is no different. Here's another puppet of Nutting. And while I can sit here and I can tell you in a sterile fashion that that's the employee boss relationship. I can also say, I, I think I get that as far as a frustration point for people. I think I understand where that comes from. It, it really is wanting these figureheads to be transformative. It's wanting them to have gotten through to him. Right. Yeah. It's funny. You said something. It reminded me of my reaction when I saw it again, I saw the quote from Sherrington about in response to, you know, nutting and just baseball being back and whatnot. Immediately, immediately, I knew he had to answer it a certain way. If he wants a job, he's not going to bash Bob Nutting right there. So he's going to he's going to give somewhat of a generic answer. But I still got pissy when I heard it. Because it brings you back yeah. all the times as a fan uh, here the last 20, 25 years, and you hear it. And I acknowledged, 
I acknowledged I was getting unreasonably cranky about it, but sometimes I just don't want to be reasonable. I just want to be a cranky Pirates fan. And no, that's what I – and I was like, you know what, for that day, I'm just going to be – I'm just going to be non nonsensible. I'm tired of 99% of the time living in the sensible world. So I'm just going to say, oh, boy, here we go again. More garbage. Well, what's and funny, you know what? What's you know what? It was cathartic, Gary. What's funny is we've been friends, like, I don't know, probably about a year now. Like, yeah. Pretty, pretty close friends. And I don't think we've ever had a major fight. So <laughs> on Twitter, like, we're talking about that. And as soon as I dip my toe in, I sensed from you right away, like, I know exactly where this prick's going with this. And like, <laughs> and sure enough, I did. And uh, when I, when you hit me with that, I just want to be cranky. I was like, all right, I'm going to back away. Like, <laughs> I'm like, somebody yeah. threw a rock at the hornet's nest and I'm just going <laughs> to back away now. But no, I, I get it. I really do. And I, I think that's, I think that examining why we feel the way we do with some of these answers kind of helps us understand yeah, this is a lot bigger than just something that, that happened now. This is, in order for this to work, Williams and Charrington have to have pulled off something transformative. It's one thing to sit here and assume that Bob Nutting is going to spend more. It's another to expect that these two guys wouldn't have come here unless they had that kind of an assurance. Mm-hmm. And since nobody will tell us directly, which is another, this is actually when we first started talking about this, we were never directly told, yes, we're going to spend money. Here's where we're going to do it. Here's why. I, I think whenever you don't have that, everything that, that, that gets answered that has nothing involved, is going to be that we want you to be different. You don't sound different. Mm-hmm. You sound like a typical Sounds familiar. Yeah. And Travis Williams just doesn't talk. So it's all on Ben. I, I haven't seen Travis Williams interviewed for anything besides like doing something with pirate charities or whatever. Now, maybe now he has a PR background. He and does. The pirates, yes. And the pirates are absolutely brutal at PR. And and you're you're going right into what I was thinking, which was if you're going to criticize, um, criticize there that they're just not real good communicators, and there's a better way sometimes to go about things, especially when you've got to kind of make up some ground and maybe try to help. Um, it's a lot of distrust, right? There's a lot of distrust here in Pittsburgh with this baseball team. You've got to explain to fans why they shouldn't give give a crap that someone else signed Jorge Soler when that would have been a great fit for your team, and you need that, and you need somebody that can actually hit in the middle of that lineup. and You need to explain to somebody the grander vision there. And, and it, it needs to be beyond we're going to get better or yeah. uh, we're it, adding talent. We get it, all that. It seems obvious to them, I'm, I'm sure. And it seems obvious to people that follow the team and the organization pretty closely, um, except for a couple people that still think off the reservation. But for the most part, I think people get it, right, that are following, that are a little you know, closer, whether 
in if whatever you're following close enough to listen to the show. Yes, you, yes. You, you probably understand. But man, there's a huge, huge segment of people out there that they shouldn't be assuming understands a lot and and knows a lot. And to just go about your business like, no, we, we're doing what we need to do. Don't worry about it. It's a missed, oppor- it's a missed opportunity. You got to understand you're a soundbite machine. Yeah. You, gotta, you have to be thinking about what, from what you say, Bob Pompiani is going to play on the K2K news. That somebody that is a casual fan is going to run into. And when mm-hmm. that casual fan hears your soundbite, go, well, you know, we're still adding talent and we're going to just keep getting better. Our focus is every day to get better. Well, who the hell isn't? I plan every day to, to work out a little harder and eat a little less. And, you know, 20 it pounds sounds later. Like, yeah, it sounds like every dumpy meeting and email you get at some team building exercise that's the place that you work at. And people yeah. know what that sounds like. Even if it's not really, yeah, even if it's not really the case. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's where some of the missed, it's funny, we weren't even planning on talking about this, but I think that's where some of the missed opportunity is right now with this ball club. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, it's not, I, I mean, I, I think I do a hell of a job of it, but it shouldn't be my job to explain to fans what you're thinking. Right. It shouldn't be like well, even what we just discussed about not spending money earlier, where where we were talking about the payroll just being a number, and here's why maybe getting another first baseman is not a good idea, or here's why. Why am I doing that? You do that. You tell me. You tell me why that's a bad idea. You tell me why bringing in a corner outfielder would screw up your plan. Because it shouldn't be my job to tell you why that would screw up your plan. You should tell me. Travis Swaggerty is so close, we can taste it. I don't want to bring somebody in here to block him. And if that's the case, bring him up. Don't make me sit through Greg Allen and Anthony Alford. Hell, don't make me sit through Ben Gamble as that, much as I, I like mean, him. You know, people just want to be talked to like adults, right? I mean, hey, listen, say, say simple things like, look, I know this isn't fun right now. This is these are growing pains we are going through. Stick with us a little bit longer. I promise you, we are doing everything we can on the, the the development side here to get these guys up here and bring, you know, competitive baseball back to Pittsburgh and yeah, you know, say some things that in layman's terms that have some sincerity behind them. And I do think people on some level at least can go, okay. He's saying they su- he's saying they still suck, but they're trying to do something about it. I think people will at least respect that. Even the statement we were talking about, like uh, you know about Bob Nutting's vote for the CBA. Well, tell tell me something like, um, yes, this deal didn't help the Pirates at all. In fact, in some ways, it made it a little harder. Mm-hmm. We feel that our plan and the way that we're amassing talent is going to insulate us from that a little bit and allow us to compete anyway. Yep. It's going to allow us to get over that hump because we've built this infrastructure. So with spending, we'll be able to just, that's pretty flat out. <laughs> you would that's think. Not, but that's not specific. You're not tying yourself into anything. 
but you're giving the fan like a general roadmap of what's going on. If you fail, you fail. But like, if, if you ask well, me, you're losing the opportunity to fail by driving people away with the double talk. It doesn't, it doesn't help. There's, there's the double talk and there's a, a little bit of aloofness that uh, I think pirates, pirate fans have felt certainly from ownership and some of the people that they have had in management that um, kind of just you walk, they walk around and you kind of see them every once in a while. It's kind of like the, the the crappy management you have at your job, and then that's really all your that's really it. Oh oh, so and so's down on the floor, you know. Oh yeah, there he is. They you see them talking for a little bit and then they're gone. I mean that's man for a team that's got a lot of ground to make up in a lot of different areas. It's not how I would do it, but, right. you know, that, well, maybe. Uh, the good news is, as this show is released, there will be actual baseball games being played. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, we're going to be talking about actual spring training results and, and who's doing what. And I'm really looking forward to that. So let's hope that the PR battle starts getting won on the field a little bit. You know, let's that, hope some of these guys look better than we thought. You know what? That them. makes it easier. That that right there makes it a heck of a lot easier on them, because if the the product starts to improve, then things become a little bit easier to talk about. So, let's hope it starts there. Absolutely, man. So, hey, we should probably end the show. It's been a long one, and we had a good time talking to Jason, and I always enjoy our our talks afterwards, especially about some of these heady things like why don't they talk right? <laughs> Being right. <normal> people. <laughs> I know we, we get into some, we get into some, uh, some deep psychological stuff, but that's why we're different and that's why we're good, Gary. Well, and that's why the show would, would be a lot better if we were actually drinking beer at the same time. Because <laughs> it's meant to be ingested like it's bar conversation. So, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, how do people get a hold of you, my friend? Yeah, so uh, always Pittsburgh all the time at JimStam22 on Twitter or for the city underscore 412. Um, just anything you want to talk about Pittsburgh or sports, I'm your guy. So good stuff today, Gary. Yes, and uh, I'll just say shout out to Kevin Colbert. I think uh, heck of a job on your way out the door, my friend. I think a uh, wonderful job of remaking a lot of this team. So uh, on the fly, too. So, you know, for the Steelers fans out there, which I'm sure there's a lot, that's pretty that, awesome. So, and that draft is going to be super interesting. Can't wait. Super. Can't wait. And uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody. I got my green on. So um, it's good stuff. And, uh, yeah, without further ado, Ben, take it away. Let's go, Bucks!